read from the book of Romans this morning, chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, but in setting a context, I would like to also read the preceding two verses to that. So uh, if you have your Bibles and would like to follow along, let's pick up in chapter 7 of the book of Romans in verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Would you pray with me? Father, again, we're mindful of the blessings of being able to gather this morning, and we are a thankful people. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. Father, we desire to be pleasing to you. Father, we ask that you might bless Brother Steve this morning as he brings to us another message from your word. We'd ask that you would help him to deliver us your words. Help him to be powerful in that effort. Bless him as he endeavors to serve and glorify you through the talents and abilities that you have granted him. Bless us as students of your word that we will hear this morning the words you would have us to and bless us that we might put them into practice in such a way as to be better fit for works of service that we might accomplish much for the cause of Christ. These favors and blessings we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It is good to be here this morning. Amen? Yeah. And uh, it is a, a, a privilege that, or not a privilege, it's a privilege that we've taken as a right for too long to be able to come and be here together. And so I hope we don't take that for granted again. And I thank you all for being here today. And it's hard not being here, for me at least. And I thank you guys for coming to encourage me. And I hope... I can encourage you today as well, somewhere in between the brow beatings that I give you during my sermon. Thank you, Courtesy Laugh Wife. Everything's working as it should. Anyway, um, we've been talking a lot uh, recently about how to live as a Christian, because most of my life, as I've said before, I feel like I've gotten that incorrect, and it's more difficult in some sense to live the way Christ really wants you to live, but it's also extremely easy. And we're never going to have the peace and love and joy of being a Christian unless we really live the way Christ wants us to live. And that's not a matter of working harder. It's a matter of not working hard. It's a matter of being someone different. And for those of you, um, you know, hang on just a second. I'm blowing into the mic here. Jennifer, can you grab that little black thing under, under the pew? I'll have to get it. I'm having a problem. Thank you, sweetie. 
There's always got to be something with the mic. There we go. That's better. Should have noticed before I got up. Um, but let's go ahead. Normally, I don't like to say anything without showing it in Scripture first. But I feel like we've said this so much, and I know some of you prefer to just cut to the chase. So here's the chase. Christianity is not primarily about what you are doing. It's about which reality we choose to react to. Was that too deep, man? Am I already getting too hippie on you? Look, man, it's not primarily about what we're doing. What I'm saying is there are two competing worldviews that Paul talks about a lot. And Jesus talks about it a lot. And all of the apostles talk about it a lot. And it's been talked about throughout the Bible. There's the reality that you have been living in. And there's the reality that actually exists. The reality you have been living in has been about what's in front of you. What can you pick up? Who can you speak to and then hear words come back to into your ears? What's happening today versus what's really going on in the universe? What's been going on since the beginning of time and what will go on when time ends? Those are the two competing worldviews. It's easier to live in the Spirit than it is to live in the flesh. But to live in the Spirit, you have to be intentional about how you live your life. You can't just roll out of bed in the morning and do whatever life throws at you to do. You have to intentionally wake up and say, Father, I'm here. What would you have me do? That's a different way of living but that is the way we have to live because it's off again, isn't it? Behave yourself. Stay. It's these lapels. So, I want to go... This, this chapter here in Romans chapter 8, I just... I, I can't stress this enough, we have lived, when Christ was on earth, people understood, I think, in a different way, the difference between the flesh world and the spirit world. But for 2,000 years, Christians have been walking around on the planet. And in my lifetime, Christianity has become about having the right things in the building, having the right activities in your day, having everything planned out in a way that it needs to be planned out. Did I go to church on Sunday? Okay, then I'm good. And if I'm really good, I'll come to church on Sunday night. And if I'm triply good, I will also come on Wednesday. I may even help with VBS. Are those things Christians do? Yes. But that's not how you walk by the Spirit. And if you're living that way, then you can spend your whole life of a, as a Christian and never actually know God. And there's nothing more tragic than that. 
And we have to pay attention to what's being said. Don't, don't go by what preachers have told you. You know how they are. Go to your Bible. And that's what we're doing. I hope you brought your Bible, but we're going to be reading Romans chapter 8. We're going to be reading the first section. It's a very popular chapter. Let's just read through it together. Really listen to what Paul's trying to say here. And I will wrap it up at the end, but I just want to go through it first. Because of what Christ did, there is, because of that, now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that you have to do in your day to make up for the fact that you aren't perfect. That's the way it is. Okay? Why? Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. And punishment. Because God has done what the law, because it's only a piece of paper or a set of of tablets, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of something just made of matter for sin, He condemned sin In the flesh, Jesus became physical so that He could condemn the laws that have to do with physics. This is getting deep here. You guys with me, man? You guys tracking me? You smell what I'm cooking? Sorry, I don't think hippies say that. All right, fine. I'm not a good hippie. I don't have long enough hair either. So Jesus wants to say, look, all this stuff, you who are focused on all the stuff in your world, you're focused on all this stuff. I want to make sure the stuff in the world is the way it's supposed to be. I want to make sure that I'm handling the stuff. Am I in the right place at the right time? Am I, are my words saying the right, is my mouth saying the right words at the right time? Am I standing where I'm supposed to be standing? Have I put this over here or did I put it over there? Jesus says, look, stop focusing on the world of flesh or matter around you. So Jesus became flesh so that he could stand with flesh and condemn it and say no more. I'm not saying the physical world doesn't matter. Of course it does. God created the heavens and the earth. And he did that because he loved us. But we're not supposed to live only in the physical world. The physical world is not the important part. And so Jesus came to condemn the law that's based on physics. So that, verse 4, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What does that mean? I've taken that to mean, well, if I walk according to the flesh, then I'm obeying my flesh instead of obeying my spirit. What does that even mean? That doesn't make any sense. i got to be honest with you. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Does that mean I just deny myself harder? I deny, like, if I can just go, no, self, no. Bad self. 
That's not what Paul's talking about here. It's all over in there, and we still want to make it about slapping ourselves on the wrist. That's not what Paul's saying. If that's what Paul meant, he would have said, I now no longer listen to my body at all. And he could have said it that way. And he does say he disciplines his body, but he's saying this. He's saying we don't walk through the world paying attention to the physics. We walk through the world paying attention to the spirit. We deal with the flesh. We deal with the physical. But that we also understand that that's not the ultimate reality. That is what Paul's saying. So to be a Christian, putting it simply, going back to our slide, I probably put the word of this poorly. Go figure. It's not primarily about what you're doing. It's, it's primarily which reality you choose to live in. It's easy. It really is. But it requires intentionality. All this stuff is always around you, always trying to get your attention. The voices, the things, the temperatures, the sounds, the sights are always coming at you. And that's good. God put the earth there for us. But that is not the reality in which we live. Continue to read verse 5. Because those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. If you spend all day worrying, what do you spend all day thinking about and planning for? Where, where do your thoughts go? If your thoughts go toward things that are physics-based, well, that's good if that's where God's directing you. But always, you should wake up in the day and see not just birds and trees and people, but see birds and trees and people that God has put there. We've had people recently baptized into Christ. What, have, what were they baptized into? Were they baptized into coming and sitting with us on benches and hearing some bald dude ramble for a little while? Or were they baptized into a new reality where God is present and active and really does give us life and peace and hope? Because He's constantly interacting with us as we constantly interact with Him. Which one? If it's the first, I don't know that we, people are going to... I wouldn't stay around for that. I don't think anyone should stay around for that. We come here because we are all people who choose our reality as the actual reality that Jesus is coming soon. The actual reality that all this stuff will disappear. The actual reality that at the end of time, the only thing that will matter is faith, hope, and love. That's why I come here to be with people who walk in the Spirit as I walk in the Spirit. Amen? We aren't the same as everyone else. We see things differently because we choose to be intentional about what we do with the little bit of time that we have here in the flesh. 
And if we want to be doing God's work, we have to do that. And what is the benefit of being a Christian if you're not walking in the Spirit? I say none. None at all. Because those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. Verse 5, verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Centering your reality on all the things in the world is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Hear that again. If your brain spends all of its time worried about all this stuff, then you're hostile to God. You are not on team God. You are on team Satan. That's pretty harsh. Harsh or not, it's just the truth. And we can't be Christians if we're hostile to God. That's pretty simple, right? Why? Because the mindset on flesh does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And you'll see that. If the things that are important to you, if the the things you spend your time worrying about are the things of this world, then you're not going to be able to follow God's law. And that's where the difficulty comes from. And then you end up in that loop of, I get up every day and I think about my career and I think about my my automobile and I think about my things and I think about my house and I think about my position and how much people respect me or don't respect me and am I moving up in my career or am I moving down in my career? I think about whether my kids are going to get into a good school. I worry about, I worry about all the... You can't follow God's law at that point. You just can't. You're not a Christian. I'm sorry. You've been baptized into Christ, but you are not walking according to the Spirit. And so you just try harder. Well, I'll just put more effort into being a Christian. Paul's saying here, you can't. You can't be a Christian if that's where your brain is at. It's not going to work. I am living testimony of the truth of that. It will not work. So stop trying. Live in the peace and joy of Christ and saying, you know what? I'm not going to worry about any of that stuff. Except when God says, Steve, I want you to get up this morning and I want you to get ready and I want you to look good and I want you to go to your job and I want you to work as, as though I'm standing next to you. And I'm the one paying you because that's what I want you to do this morning. There's a a subtle but huge difference there. Stop trying to direct your life. You're not good at it. You're not. Let God direct your life. If you can't do that, then you're hostile to God and there's no way you're going to follow His commands. So stop trying to go through all the list of commands because that's not going to do you any good. Continuing on. Oh, did I read verse 8? 
those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Just saying the same thing again. You can't, there's nothing you can do at that point. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. And this is, to me, the point of being a Christian. And I, I hate to get into the Greek, but the Greek there is, it says, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, and that's correct. But it also kind of means to the extent to which the Spirit of God dwells in you. Does that make sense? It means the Spirit of God dwelling in you is you living in the flesh. So basically, it comes down to, will you let the Spirit of God that you received in baptism, that changes how you think, will you let that Spirit overcome you? Will you? Will you let God's Spirit overcome you as Jesus did so that you walk in the Spirit? That's a decision that you have to make every day. And you have to be intentional about that. You can't just roll on in your life and stumble. Okay, what have I got next? Okay, this. Uh, okay, what have I got this? Okay, what have I got this? And then you get home and you're just like, oh, I just feel like I'm running from thing to thing to thing. You probably are. You're not being intentional about your life. You're not letting the Spirit guide you. You're letting all this stuff pull you from place to place. And you're exhausted. You don't have peace. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're controlled by everything around you. You've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let the Spirit overcome you so that you can live in joy and peace so that you can know God. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. And if you... Reject the Spirit of Christ. Uh, if you reject the Spirit, don't let it overcome you. Don't let it fill you. As ever, all the apostles let it fill them. They were filled with the Spirit. And you have no Spirit in you. However, verse 10, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, it is dead. This body's dying. The older you get, the more that starts to sink in. Yeah, I guess it is. When they rip parts of your head out of your head like they did to me last week I'm still bitter but I have plenty of head to go around let's be honest mass wise I'm okay sorry moving on the body's dead because of sin the spirit is life because of righteousness physical has been imbued with sin because of the fall of creation because we have rebelled but the Spirit is life because it's righteousness. Verse 11, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, read that again, if that Spirit of God, the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. That is, by the way, kind of the point of becoming a Christian. Salvation and the indwelling of the Spirit are the same thing. Without indwelling of the Spirit, you do not have salvation. Is there another way to read verse 11? 
Is there another way to read any of this? this? The message is plain. We just haven't received it because we don't want to be intentional about surrendering to the Spirit of God, about being filled with the Spirit of God. And that's not going to work. You're just going to continue to be frustrated. You're going to continue to not have joy and peace. On the other hand, if you'll do that, God will fill you with a joy and peace that you're just not capable of because your giant head thinks dumb things and gets you into trouble. But if you submit to the Spirit of God, you, you can have a joy and peace that doesn't make sense. Live intentionally, walking with the Spirit. If you don't feel that joy and peace, then just let God's Spirit overcome you. Don't worry about becoming saved. Worry about becoming filled with the Spirit. That's it. Don't worry about becoming saved. Worry about being filled with the Spirit because it's the same thing. Verse 12. Make sure I got all of 11. Yeah, okay. So then, brothers and sisters, we are in debt, not to the flesh, that we need to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Saying it again. Saying it over and over again, because it's important. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. There it is again. Filled with, led by the Spirit makes you a son or daughter of God. Because you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Fear that you're not doing enough for God. Fear that you didn't read your Bible enough today. Fear that you didn't pray the correct number of minutes. Or perhaps you prayed in the wrong format. Or perhaps you did something that God doesn't like so much that He's just ignoring your prayers and stopped caring about you and He's going to teach you a good lesson. All satanic thoughts. It's a spirit of slavery. God loves you all the time because He is God. He hears your prayers. Because He is in you. Don't go back to the spirit of slavery. But you've received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Dad, Father. And by the way, when I throw sons and daughters in there, I'm just correcting the Greek to English translation issue. It's in there. We're close enough to God to say, Dad. Not, O oh Lord, wilt thou hearken to my voice this day? No, we're adopted as children. If your children talk like that to you, get them help. I am a child counselor. I can help you. If they come to you saying, O oh Lord, hearken, give ear to my plea, it's not okay. And you don't have that relationship with your father. Because of his spirit, you have this adoption by which you have the right to call him dad. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Listen to that again. His, the spirit himself bear witness with our spirit. The fact that our spirit 
is connected to His Spirit because His Spirit is in us and His Spirit has overcome us. That is the proof that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Then that means we own everything that God owns or everything that Christ owns. Heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ because we suffer with Him in order that we also might be glorified with Him. And there's the catch. There's suffering involved in walking in the Spirit. Physical suffering. But here's the thing. You are not going to avoid physical suffering, which I'm having this morning. But that's because the flesh is corrupt. It's always going to break down. There's always going to be pain. The question is, is your pain going to be because you walk in the Spirit? Or is your pain going to be because you walk in the flesh? Either way, you get it. Right? Okay, I'm losing you guys a little bit. That's fine. We need to wrap up. So here's the wrap up. We are saved as Christians if we are God's children. We are God's children when we think and react like His Son. When we choose our pain because that's what God asked us to. God led Jesus to torture and death by the flesh at the cross. Jesus really didn't want that. He really, 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 really didn't want that. But He chose it. Because He saw the reality that was. And even though the flesh was tearing at Him and He knew He was going to have to endure some suffering, the reality in which He lived would not permit Him to do anything else. Did you catch that part? The reality that Jesus lived in would not let him choose to do anything else. The reality Jesus lived in, he made him look at the people torturing him to death and say, ah, oh, they just don't see. Father, forgive them. They don't see what they're doing. He didn't do that to show how good he was. He did it because the reality he lived in made him see things that way. When people are torturing you, when people have hurt you, is your first thought, God forgive them, they don't understand? Thinking that comes from your brain. Just some examples here. God wouldn't ask me to do something like that if He really loved me. Really? He really loved his son. I don't have the talent, time, or resources to do the things that I see that I need to do. Following Christ is hard. Christianing is hard. Here's thinking that comes from the Holy Spirit. What things will matter throughout all of eternity? not just for today. What choices is God leading me toward? There are things God is leading you toward, and you know what they are. You've convinced yourself that God isn't leading you toward those. 
because you don't have the time, talent, or resources. Well, you don't have to have those things. You have to do what God asks you to do. So the question is not, what can I do, but what is God leading me to do? And following Christ is not difficult. On the contrary, God gives me strength and endurance that I didn't know I had to accomplish things that I'm clearly not capable of accomplishing because that's what he does. The satanic reality, the fleshly reality that Paul's talking about says the world is a dangerous mess that we must work together to obtain. The climate, the world, the wildlife, the stars, asteroids plastering into the earth, we're all going to die at any time unless we think hard enough to not let that happen. I'm not saying that those aren't worthy endeavors. If God calls you to keep asteroids off the planet, then you do that with all your might. But I'm saying God created this world. The world's not a dangerous mess that we must tame. The world is beautiful the way God made it. But everything's breaking down because sin entered the world. Satanic reality says... People in the past were simple, superstitious, and miserable. Thank goodness we know better now. We don't know better now. I'll move on to that. Satanic reality says we need to focus on ideas and reject these beliefs. Beliefs don't do you any good. Only ideas that produce results are of any value. People are the ultimate good. If we can just bring out the goodness in people, then we can save the cosmos, which we need to save. Because the cosmos needs us to save it from itself. The world cannot continue to exist unless smart individuals like I do things to keep the world turning, to keep the animals alive, and to keep the air breathable. The world should thank me that I exist and my fellow smart people so that we can save this planet from the obviously shoddy design that went into it that has only worked since the beginning of life. Holy reality is the world reflects God's love for those created in His image. Any child can look around the world and tell you, somebody who loves me made all this. For a reason. Any child can tell you that. Right? Okay, he's not going to tell me that. People in the past were not different from people today. They weren't. We're exactly like them. Without God, our minds devise new, more terrible kinds of evil. We're not fixing the cosmos. We're creating some really great things because God gave us a creative mind to meet challenges, but we've also created evils that were previously unfathomed during the 20th and 21st centuries. The more we get involved with the planet, the more terrible things men invent along with the good things that God lets them invent. And finally, people are not the ultimate good. There is none good but God. Stop trying to Christian so hard. Stop trying to put so much effort into it. 
just choose to see the reality that's there. And that goes against everything that you've been taught to do and everything that you're in the habit of doing if you haven't let the Spirit of God overcome you. But that is the key. You don't need to Christian harder. You don't need to be more faithful. You need to be more intentional. You need to live in the spirit world, the real world. And the rest will come. It's easier than you think. But it's going to require you to back up everything that you have made yourself into. And if everything you made yourself into was good enough, then you wouldn't need God. And you do. And so do I. If you need God this morning, please come forward while we stand and we sing this song.